Episode 178 of Shannon on Batman. I am Justin Shannon, and I'm excited for the next episode where we will be reviewing The Suicide Squad. And my co-host, Kyle Davis. I am present. You are present, but you're not the president. (laughs) Or am I? So if you're the president, does that mean I have to protect you? Like, it's going to be like the sequel to White House Down? I mean, I just thought that's how a relationship was anyway. <laughs> like, like, could you just imagine if John Wick 4 was really just White House down 3? <laughs> I, I know what? I would be down for that, 100%. Like, if it was, like, actually, like, a John Wick movie at the White House. So, uh, when can I go see this? Because I, I kind of want to see it right now. Uh, it's coming out after Fast and the Furious 10 in space. Uh, <laughs> and Space Jam 3 is on Earth. Damn it. <laughs> well, at least they got Michael B. Jordan, though. Spoilers! <laughs> All right, but anyway, so today's episode, we're going to be reviewing The Suicide Squad. Uh, I've seen it twice now. I was going to watch it on Sunday, but I just kind of got like wrapped up in my own uh, drama. So, seen it twice, saw it the first, that opening evening, which was Thursday. Like, it, I, ever, I thought, like, it wasn't going to come out till Friday on HBO Max. But then, like, I saw someone tweet, like, oh, I can't wait to watch The Suicide Squad tonight. It, it was a Thursday. I was like, kiss, kiss, hey, what? Yeah, they dropped <laughs> it, like, primetime Thursday. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I'm like, all right. And then I started watching, I was like, all right. Like, I guess I'm just going to be watching this. And I saw it the next night with a bunch of friends. So not the movies on HBO Max. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm out, out there spreading the Delta variant or the Delta Plus. Did you, did you, someone shared a tweet with me about, uh, about Delta. I know, I'm sure you've, uh, you, most of you guys are going to tune out after I start talking about the pandemic. But somebody tweeted and said that my new favorite streaming service is the the, the Delta Plus. The Delta Plus. Oh, oh no. If it, if it just fits too well. So anyway, Kyle, how many times have Kyle, do you have the do you have that that cup blurred out on purpose to protect from being sued from product placement? You never know what Disney's gonna do, right? So can't, they could be watching our private conversations right now. That, that's just what Disney does. I want to put a pass. <laughs> um, so how many times did you see it? I, I have only seen it the, the one time uh, through HBO Max. All right, so let's just get jump into the review. So we're this is going to be a highly spoilerific review of James Gunn the Suicide Squad. And oh, if if you have not seen the film yet, please pause where you're at right now, go watch the film, and then when you're done, hit play and then listen to our review. 
So with that being said, we've warned you. We gave you enough time to not listen to us. Usually we're telling you, please listen to us, follow, <laughs> subscribe. But we're telling you right now, I don't want to hear anyone complain that we spoiled the movie. Is this some kind of reverse psychology reason right now? I might be. I might actually be a a uh, mind control person. Like, I might be the Riddler from Batman Forever. <sighs> but let's get to the – so you've seen it. You saw it once in HBO Max. What, what was your initial thoughts on seeing the film? First, the, I'm going to ask you that, and then the follow-up question to that is how does it compare to David Ayer's 2016 film? Okay. So – Hashtag release the Ayer cut. Hashtag I'm, release the Ayer cut. I'm going to so throw it out my, there. My, my initial impression was that the movie was fine. Like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm just like, yeah, that was – that was the thing that came out. I watched it for a few hours and was like, okay, cool. With that being said, though, it is definitely a massive improvement over the last one we got. <laughs> no, no offense to David Ayer. I, we all know the, the drama that's going on with that right now. But, um, yeah, like, I'm definitely excited to dive into a little bit more in depth to find uh, see see how everyone else feels about it. Uh, so... Were, were there any characters or any moments or scenes that really uh, that you really enjoyed? Did you you know Did you like it when uh, Pete Davidson's head blew up? Blew up? <laughs> I swear, I swear they did that on purpose. I, I they know what they're doing. Um, I, I was literally hanging out with some friends, and uh, the guy sitting next to me is like, "This is now my favorite Pete Davidson movie." Right after his head got blown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see why. Um, if I had to like really pinpoint some of my favorite aspects of the, of the film, I do think that some of the characters played off of each other really well, especially uh, Idris Elba and uh, John Cena. Their, their characters like were really good together whenever they were in the same scene. But like yeah, just, like just that, kind of in general, just... just kind of in general, like throughout the entire movie, there was a lot of really great interactions between like one or more characters. Yeah, like that that was a real good surprise to me is you saw Idris Elba and John Cena, you know, Bloodsport and Peacemaker really kind of play off like that bromance, will they, won't they? <laughs> I'm more I'm sorry. It was more like like they're they're chemistry between the two was really strong like it felt kind of like uh the will smith uh martin lawrence-esque feel from the first two i haven't seen bad boys three from bad boys so kind of like that love-hate relationship they're gonna get on one of each other's nerves so i really appreciated that um what what did you think of the action the story I thought James Gunn did a pretty good job directing some of the action sequences. Um, I, I wouldn't say I like I love them all, but there were a couple of highlights, like like the Harley Quinn breakout scene, mm -hmm. um, scene where Bloodsport and uh, Peace Peacekeeper are like sneaking through Peacemaker. that one kid. Peacemaker, Peacekeeper, <laughs> Pe Peace 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 Squared. Uh, 
Peace Diddy, whatever you want to call him. Peace Diddy. <laughs> Peace Daddy. <laughs> whatever nickname you want to give the John Cena. But, but yeah, like other than you that can't though. See him. See who? <laughs> we didn't see anybody. Um I will say, like, once once the film started uh, near its climax and we got to the point where it's like, okay, now we got to go take down the giant starfish. It was just kind of like, uh, 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 all right, all right. I'm not I'm not super into this. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it kind of it felt like a like a two note song. Like it wasn't I, I see where you're coming from. Um so I assume you have big problems with the look of Starro or like the the look what? of Starro? Not necessarily. Like I thought he actually looked like a really cool villain. Like in terms of trying to make a giant starfish be an opposing thing, I think they actually did a pretty good job with it. It, it was maybe a little on the goofier side, but I think that actually worked in its favor a bit. I thought it was a little too cartoony for me. Especially in an R-rated film. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. like to me, like, like it would have been so much better if the, if the original plan with having Black Adam as the main villain of that film would have worked. I mean, it was really cool to see the starfish, like, on the faces of, like, you know, like, people in Corto Maltese. But um, I thought Starro was a little too cartoony. And like I said, the starfish on like the people, like straight up from the comic books, it reminded me of that episode of Batman Beyond where uh, Superman has uh, Superman's the villain and is being controlled by Starro. And then all mm-hmm. the starfish attached to the Justice League and Batman, Terry McGinnis has to like beat the crap out of like Starro and save everyone. Um in a weird way, I actually always thought that like brainwashing subplot where Saros controlling other people is almost uh, underutilized in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know it was they used it as being like, oh, look at all the horrible things that we're trying to cover up. We got we got to expose all this. But it's like, right. as far as actually like the moral quandaries of having to fend off against people that were like brainwashed, it didn't really do a whole lot in the film. They're just like, oh no, people are capture but it's like oh no so it's okay they're already dead anyway it's like oh all right <laughs> they're they're they are literally just like mindless dead henchmen now i guess they're they're literally fodder so there, was there an action sequence that you enjoyed the mo- most i know i kind of cut you off when we started talking about peace daddy peace daddy <laughs> um yeah so my my favorite sequence my favorite action sequence it's probably when uh yeah, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say it was the scene where they're sneaking into the the rebel camp. <laughs> Even though I don't know how you want to call it action. I mean, yeah, they're like doing stuff, but it's not like explosions or loud music. Right, or like, like, that. like I know everyone kind of played up the action that it was like super action packed, but I didn't really feel that. I didn't not, feel not action. really. Like, like yeah, like, there were a couple of gunfights here and there. there. There was a couple of scenes where they're like, oh wait, we need to like break into this building and. You know, kick some butt and stuff. I'm just like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, like like I said, there was nothing. There was nothing that iconic. Like when I think of action sequences in the DCEU, I think of Ocean Master, King Orm versus Aquaman, or uh, Superman kicking 
uh, Steppenwolf after he breaks, you know, his. Then there's also like Batman breaking into the warehouse. Yeah. Like there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything that kind of like stepped out for me or really just wowed me with the action. And like that, I thought that was going to be really played up because of James Gunn. The action sequences were fine, but there wasn't anything like iconic. Like you must go see this in the big, on the big screen because of the action. Like you didn't, you know, the scenes mm-hmm. played fine, but there was, it wasn't like the matrix or anything. Cause that's what I thought I was going to get. I thought I was going to get a really action packed movie. The the closest we got to something like that would probably be, be the Harley Quinn breakout scene, but and like even that was kind of like that. Kinda I, yeah, felt- I, it it was cool visually, but like I wasn't. It, it's not a scene that's like sticking with me. I, after the movie was over, I kind of had already partially forgotten that happened. Right. It kind of felt like that's that's that set piece kind of felt like already kind of played up because we saw Harley Quinn break out of or into a prison in birds of prey. Yeah. We, we pretty much got that exact scene in birds of prey, just less cartoonish action gunfire. So, um, but story wise, I know we, t- we talked about the action pieces, you know, and they kind of really didn't do much. I mean, they weren't terrible for you essentially is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. But nothing that kind of was like, Whoa, yeah, that, that's that's kind of my whole vibe with the movie. It's like there's nothing offensive about it, but there's also not a whole lot that I'm like, oh, man, this is actually fantastic. Like, this is way above what I expected was possible from this movie. It's just like, yeah, like it is. Uh, it's hitting expectations across the board for the most part. I mean, other than the box office. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> we'll get it on that. Um, um but uh, yeah, in terms of the plot, it it was a bit on the loose side. Like, it, it's about what you would expect from a Suicide Squad story. It's like, okay, Amanda Waller is sending in the prisoners. They gotta they gotta do a thing. They got they gotta eliminate some intel. But then it's like, oh no, the intel is actually like kind of messed up. So part of them wants to expose the government secrets, and some of them don't. So then there's a little friction there. But then, like, the monster gets unleashed, and then they're like, "Okay, we gotta kill the monster," and uh, that's that's the end of the movie. Where there weren't anything, there wasn't anything that was too unexpected. No, no big twists. No, no real the- drama. Like, like I, I know there was the whole uh, the whole peace daddy thing, being like, "I'm gonna actually make sure the mission goes off the way it's supposed to," and that he kills uh, Rick Flag. I'm like, okay, I mean. Spoiler. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're past that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the story, there wasn't anything that really grabbed you, engaged you. Not particularly. Like, I, I know they, they tried. They tried for sure. I was like, okay, we got another thing going on here where it's like, okay, Bloodsport has his daughter. He needs to find a way to, like, make sure she gets uh, out of the situation all right. And he, he makes it back. And I'm like. That kind of just played out in an unexpected way. Harley Quinn doesn't really have much of a arc in this. There was a little thing there where she's like, "Oh, I've learned to to not like get too hung up up in different guys now. Like if I if they give me red flags, I just kill them." And it's like, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's uh, 
somewhat consistent for how she was acting back in Birds of Prey, but again, like she doesn't really go through an arc in this movie. She's she just kind of exists. And and then Peacemaker. Peacemaker's like, I'm big macho pro military guy. And then by the end of the movie, he's still big macho pro military guy. So it's like, okay, he, he doesn't really go through an arc. He just exists as well to carry out his mission. I mean, that that's not my problem. It's like, as far as like actual progression of a story, not a whole lot actually changes throughout this movie. Like, right. like, like, yep, these people who show up, they, they kind of express their personalities, but nothing actually happens in the narrative that really changes them and makes them like grow as people that they, they all kind of end exactly where they start. Not even, not even polka dot man. He, he's well, he's dead now. So <laughs> 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 he, he, he did have the most growth before he got stomped by a giant starfish. <laughs> so, um, so the story, there really wasn't much for you there. What about, what about the needle drops? What about the music in the film? All the different, like that was to me the most egregious thing. Like yeah. the, like when I think of James Gunn, I think of all the great music from both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And in this one there was there was more like you could definitely tell like James Gunn and like I like James Gunn movies like from Super to Guardians of the Galaxy to even this, but to me like it just felt like more he was putting a lot more of his stamp on this film and was really trying to go deep cut on the music. And there wasn't a song in particular that really just was like, this fits the footage of, and I'm not saying that yeah. the, yeah. I'm not talking about the score. I'm talking about like the actual songs in the movie, like the song where they're kind of Harley Quinn's making love with Luna. Is that his name? It doesn't matter. He's dead now. <laughs> like that music was bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm on the same page as you. Like, I I knew it was a James Gunn movie. I knew that the previous Suicide Squad also had a very emphasis on like licensed music. So I expected the same thing here. But like, yeah, like as far as the actual song choices, like I don't think there were any bad songs. No, but like I, but was... I don't. I don't find myself being like, oh, I need to go find like a, a playlist of all the music from this movie right now. Like I did with the gardens movies. I was just like, right. yeah, it, it was serviceable. Uh, most of the music I, I didn't recognize at all, but I wasn't left being like, oh, that was actually a really sweet song. Like what, what was that? I want to go look it up. I want to add it to my own playlist. It was just like, right. Like I feel okay. like gardens of the <laughs> galaxy definitely did that more. Like, especially when it came to like the sweet and all that's like, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably one of the more famous movie soundtracks of like the last five or ten years with all that good stuff that they had. But this one kind of just didn't do much for anything. Like I couldn't even tell you what one piece of music was. Um, and I'm going to actually look it up. So um, what about the acting, Kyle? I don't have any qualms with the acting. I think everybody did a pretty good job. With that said, though, I wasn't, like, blown away by anybody's performance, really. Like, I thought John Cena did a really good job for his SP Daddy. Uh, 
Sylvester Stallone's King Shark was pretty hilarious. I think he actually did a really good job. Like I, I did put him on par with like uh, Groot and Vin Diesel. Um, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie was fine. I don't think this was her best performance as Harley Quinn, but again, I don't think it was bad. Polka Dot um, Man, Polka Dot Man was great. Uh, probably one of the best performances of the movie. I think I think that Joel Kinnaman as uh, as Rick Flag was really great. So most famous song from this would be Folsom Prison Blues or the Decemberist song, but there's not anything. Very deep cuts. <laughs> like they got the Pixies, they got Jim Carroll, they got Kansas. Like there's nothing like you know, there's nothing that your my, your generation, my generation, or the younger generation would really recognize maybe other than Johnny Cash or the Decemberist. Mm-hmm. And not to say that the songs are bad, but to me it just didn't fit with what he was doing. So, um, so some thoughts for me in watching this, and I know we're going to get back to Kyle on this. But I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was brilliantly done. But seeing it that second time, I'm just like, I'm kind of like, it's good. It's great. But it wasn't like amazing. You know, like it it kind of like it kind of left some things to be desired. Like you yeah. said, it wasn't offensive. Like it wasn't like terrible. Like it was well shot, acted, action sequences all made sense. People's motivations for what they were doing, the you know, cinematography, those things were really good and I enjoyed that, but there wasn't one thing that I thought was like really truly iconic, especially if, you know, from James Gunn. Like when I think of like the Dark Knight, you think of all those iconic moments in that film, you know, the truck flip, you know, when the hospital blows up, you know, the Joker, you know, Batman on top of the skyscraper, Batman in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. the Bat Pod coming out of the, you know, the Tumblr, you know, the Joker and Batman, you know, face squaring off and facing one another. Like those are iconic, right? You know, the bank heist, you know, the pencil trick, like I'm just naming off all these wonderful, amazing scenes. And I'm, when I, when I was thinking about my thoughts on the suicide squad, I had like, obviously I've only seen the movie twice, but there wasn't that one sequence or scene where it was like, Oh man, I got to rewatch that. Yeah. Yeah. I must see that again. Like, I can't believe they did that. Like, they that twist really worked. I mean, there was some good stuff in it, yes, but there was, like, you know, some of the iconic sequence scenes for me or some of my most favorite scenes, I wouldn't even say they're iconic, is when, at the beginning of the movie, um, you, you get to see uh, Bloodsport and his daughter yell at each other. You know, you see Bloodsport kind of put the team together. And, you know, when they go off into like the, like the rebel compound and peacemakers stabbing everyone and they're kind of one up in one another. But there wasn't anything that I was just like, you know, like the warehouse sequence in BVS 
or you know Batman fighting Bane or yeah. in Wonder Woman you have I, I, I'm definitely having a hard time being like this is going to become an iconic comic book scene that people are going to be talking about for years right like the like the no man's land sequence in Wonder Woman um uh Aquaman and Mara kissing in uh, Aquaman or you know the Batman and Superman fight or Batman versus Doomsday like to me what are so great about those movies that I just just mentioned are those iconic moments and I'm just feeling like those things kind of like like I said it's nothing nothing was done was like egregious or offensive towards me but like the fanfare that this film got like everyone and the initial screening was just like, oh, my God, this movie's great. This is James Gunn's best movie. You know, these. Uh, right. I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm like, I'm glad that people really enjoyed it. But I'm sitting there like, were we like that? Did we have like expectations that were that low or something? Like, because I'm like, yeah, this is a very competently made movie. There, There's nothing that is subpar below the expectations of a James Gunn or anything like that. But I'm just like, okay, like I'm just not seeing what everyone else is seeing in this movie. I feel like. Right. And it's what, and if someone has that response to the film, like nothing, nothing, you know, offensive or insulting towards them. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I have no issues if this is, you know, some people said it was DC's best film. Can't wait for what, you know, what comes next. You know, James Gunn's going to make another movie at DC. Can't wait for what it is. And I, like I said, it was really well done. Like it was like James Gunn is a craftsman of putting together a really tight movie, really well done. Really, really over the top, you know, when it comes to certain things. I mean, but with that being said, like the things that we talked are talking about is, are the things that we talked about in our initial reviews for those movies. BVS, Aquaman, uh, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman. Like those are the things that we really talked about, dissected and like fans of those movies. I mean, for instance, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, when the Flash finally gets to gets into the speed force and that music plays and you see him rev up and everything, people still share that stuff. I'm not seeing that here. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone says it like, wow, it's really well made, but it kind of doesn't have, you know, those punctuation points that pop that that you were expecting. And like I said, like this movie is leaps and bounds better than the 2016 film, but it makes me even more curious what the David Ayer film was. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's a good, it's a good addition to DC films, but it doesn't do enough to push it into the next set of movies, right? Yeah, I'd say I'm not, I'm not, for the I'm most not part. Even saying well, like, like, especially so because like this movie did something that we were kind of worried about, which is it doesn't really tie into any of the previous things mm-hmm. that happened. Like, yeah, obviously Harley Quinn and like Rick Flag and some of those characters are returning, but like they're 
previous involvement in other uh, other films was just, like maybe mentioned once or like not mentioned at all. And like none of those prior events really affected anything that happened in this movie. And I I have a hard time seeing the events of this movie playing playing a role in future films. Like e- even though there was a giant starfish alien that was unleashed on the world, I don't see that being a thing that gets brought up in future movies. Like, right. You know I mean, kind of like and th- this. What's weird is like this film didn't feel like it was a trailer for a bigger f- future film either. Like, it felt like it feels like more like a silo. Like, this is what this person wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do a war movie with these characters. And he did a really damn good job with it. But it wasn't elevated to what we thought it would be. So, and like, that's not even me shitting on it. Like, that's not me like complaining. Like, the film's well done. I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I enjoyed it watching it the second time more than I enjoyed it the first time. Cause you kind of get, you kind of feel that emotion. You kind of see that, see the craftsmanship of what James Gunn was doing, the performances that he was able to pull out. You know, you know, Peacemaker was crazy over the top. King Shark had some pretty iconic moments. Um, I guess he, I shouldn't say iconic moments, but he had some really because I just said there's not a lot of like, you know, iconic things in this film. But I'd say there's he has a he steals the show. Peacemaker and King Shark really steal the show from Harley, Rick mm-hmm. Flag, and uh, Bloodsport. So. Um, so one thing I want to bring up is, um, I guess we'll call it the misdirect at the beginning of the movie. Um, throughout all the marketing throughout the build up the movie, it was like, here's the cast of characters and here's who's being played, who they're, who they're playing and all that. And it's like, oh, we got Michael Rooker in this movie. Oh, we got Nathan Fillion in this movie. This is going to be awesome. And then they get killed off in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. I knew that was going to happen. I, I, it actually left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Because, like, I, I know it's kind of the, the thing that Suicide Squad does. Being like, oh, this character got killed right away. Ha-ha. I was like, man, I actually wanted to see more of TDK. I wanted to see more of uh, Savant. Like, I wanted to see more of these characters. Then they, no, they, they just, they're in that one scene, then they die. And they even killed off Captain Boomerang right away, right. too. I was like, oh, damn, he he was one of the guys returning. Like, I thought we were going to actually see a lot of them. People seemed to really like Captain Boomerang. They were just like, nah, he, he, we're going to kill him off in the first five minutes. It's fine. Right. So I'm Look. just like, OK. Uh, like, I guess, I mean, it's on me for having these expectations of wanting to see more of these characters. But it's like, I can't help but be a little disappointed that they did that. Like, it almost felt like he was killing off everyone in the opening sequence just to say, look, no one's safe. Guess. And, like, you know how at the end of the movie where Weasel's, like, alive, but, like, John Cena, like, not John Cena, but Captain Boomerang can't survive that, you know? No. (laughs) No, Definitely not. Not, I don't think... uh... They would, they'd have to like utilize like the the wishing stone from Wonder Woman to to bring it back or something. But even then, it, he'd just be in somebody else's body, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was from the very get go, from the very first scene. I had a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth because of the way that was handled. I know some people are gonna really enjoy it. 
but it just wasn't really something I was liking to see. I don't know, like, like I thought it was funny how in the original Suicide Squad, they were like, oh, here's Slipknot. But like that was a really no-name character from, like, a relatively unknown actor. But this time around, they're like, Jai Courtney, Michael Rooker, Nathan Fillion, get him out of here. Kill him off. It's just like, okay. Right, and, like, I think that we, I think in the in the preview episode that we did last week, we t- we talked about how I really was hoping that Captain Boomerang we we talked. I think we talked about having cameos and how cool it would be to have the Flash and Captain Boomerang meet again, or have Captain Bo- Boomerang in a future Flash movie. That's not happening. Well, so, I, mean, I mean, it is a Flash movie, so tell you, anything's possible. But right, I understand. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> but it was kind of like the idea, you know, like all these, like I was of all the characters to kind of kill off. I would have kept Captain Boomerang alive. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and it kind of, like, there's kind of, like, weird jumps in the film. Like, because if you look at it, how it's kind of set up, it's set up, like, they're that cast, the beginning, like, Team 1 goes in, and then they get killed off, and, like, Team, like, and then, like, they kind of, like, do, like, a, like, a flashback. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like this, the movie starts so, as like so a they flash get killed forward. off. Yeah, they get killed off, and then we go back three days. I'm like, oh, okay, we're gonna like go back and then actually get, have, follow some of those characters that got killed off, make make us care about them, and then we're gonna see their death scenes again. It's gonna mean a lot more later on. That that's not what happened. <laughs> no, 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 and not not <laughs> we did not that, see any of those characters. Like the like after that <laughs> sequence, like you see the team two on the beach and it's just like well why did team one need to go in first why wasn't team two like there as like a second volley like a second you know like it like that to me was weird i like it kind of like it kind of started the movie started off like in in a flash forward then it flashed back and then it went to present time like to me like it was weird jumps like i remember like 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 he's got some definitely interesting narrative choices when it comes to like the time placement of things and the editing. And I don't have like problems with it so much. Like it's not like egregious or offensive, but I'm just like, I wish that things would have been a little bit explained better, especially that sequence, because he even says like, like it Bloodsport even says like, why didn't you tell us you already had, you know, troops on the ground. It's just kind of like, well, why weren't they there at the beginning? Why weren't they helping out? It's just kind of like it's kind of like she knew they would fail. Like Amanda Waller, right, yeah. Amanda Waller's just throwing people away haphazardly. It's like I know it's the Suicide Squad, and you're you're supposed to kind of expect them to not make it through the mission alive, but it's like you're just being like unnecessarily negligent in that case, right? And it's like and like like that was my big problem with the narrative. What were those jumps in? time because it's like meanwhile and then it's like and now and this and that it's kind of like like okay like i i went with it like it wasn't offensive but like that sequence right there was kind of like all right well why is that like why why like i wanted like to me that needed to be explained a little bit more so and it's not like a bad thing like it, like I still could follow it, mm-hmm. but 
I'm just like, all right. It was a, it was definitely an odd choice. So, um, what did you think of King Shark, and then that twist with Peacemaker at the end? I thought King Shark was perfect. One yes. of the, one of the highlights of the entire movie. I, I had a feeling he was going to be very funny with his kind of awkward um, shark sharkiness. Uh, this whole like, oh, he he doesn't really belong here, but we're going to have him come along anyway. And yeah, he he was definitely very funny. You know, the one off jokes like him pointing his hand or, or a bird or something. Hand. Um, yes, that's your hand. <laughs> um, but like when when the going got tough, he was an absolute beast. I actually loved seeing him in the scenes where he's like being beaten down by a bunch of soldiers, but then he just gets up and it's like, shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Y'all like screwed the, now. Like, there's, there's like three <laughs> highlights of him. And I don't know if I can remember the third one, but the first one is like, like he was like kind of like the emotional anchor of the film other than rat catcher two. Like, and yeah. we're kind of like getting like rat catcher two was really emotional. And I really liked that character. And I'm glad to see that she lived. Yeah, so he died. Um, I really like I really like Polka Dot Man, but like splat. <laughs> right. Like, could you imagine if Polka Dot Man was kept around and he could appear in a future movie? That'd be, right. that'd be I'd love to see him make a cameo somewhere. Like so, Batman just now, arrest now them and or Nightwing <laughs> or Robin just like arrest them. But like, but there's a moment where Ratcatcher 2 goes to him after she's almost eaten by King Shark. Nom nom. <laughs> and uh Yeah, if I, if I honestly goes, if I had to if I had to pick out my like two highlight characters of the entire movie, it's actually King Shark and Ratcatcher 2. Yeah, and like she goes to him and is like, Would you eat your friends? Me no have friends. I'm just like, oh man, like <laughs> just like like my eyes like welled up and I got really glassy eyed. I was like, oh and like she's like consoling him, like, I wanna be your friend. Please mm-hmm. don't eat us. And like Peacemaker and and like Bloodsport are like, don't trust him, don't believe him. So Man, that's such a good that's a, that's a powerful moment in that movie. And it's done by, you know, a shark played by Sly Stallone. <laughs> so uh yep. that was really that was a really powerful scene. And then, you know, the twist with Peacemaker at the end killing killing Rick Flag. I didn't like that. I didn't like Rick yeah. Flag. I mean, I I get they wanted to have some big emotional uh, conflict there at the end, and having one of the Suicide Squad betray like the crew makes sense. Uh, but I don't know, like his reason is just like, oh well, my mission is to keep the peace, so I'm going to keep the peace. I'm just like, I mean, sure, I guess, but like. I don't know. I, I'm just not. I, I wasn't like, oh man, what? Look at this development here. This is, this is something. I, I'm. This is like a great payoff or something that happened earlier. It's just like, eh, I, I guess this is happening now. Right. Like you don't see it coming, but you kind of do see it coming. <laughs> yeah. So it's like if anybody's going to betray the group at this point, it's probably this guy. <laughs> and and it's like a weird thing because here you see Amanda Waller again. 
betray the group for her own personal gain. And it's kind of like it's I, it's kind of becoming can, can a tired. Can we it's talk kinda, about Amanda Waller's character in this movie? Like, don't get me wrong, I like Viola Davis as the character, but she was not she, but like the character was very one note in this movie. Literally, all she does throughout the entire movie is look at like computer monitors and like yell at people, I'll be like, "Yeah, you gotta do what I'm saying. I'm gonna kill you. You do what I'm saying. I'm gonna kill you." That, that's how it works. I'm like, do you have like any other? motivations here like what, what what is your goal oh your goal is literally just to delete the information like why 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 is that your goal why are you trying to get the suicide squad to do this or that i don't know she she did, even though she wasn't a great character in the previous suicide squad and some of the stuff she did in there didn't make a whole lot of sense at least there was more of a dynamic she, she played a more interesting role in the previous movie than she did in this one um, like I said, like it just like that her betraying the group again just feels like a tired, a tired thing. Kind of like with Magneto at the end of all those X-Men movies. It's kind of like, like we know that's what she's going to do. So I don't know. Like to me, that's, that's my gripe. That's, a, that's a major gripe in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then like her, her own people kind of betraying her. Like, it didn't really pay off like it should have. So. Right, because it's, it's like, I don't even know who any of these, like, subordinates of hers are. They're just like, that's computer guy. There's a other lady. <laughs> it's like, I guess these guys are now taking over her position in the control room for the rest of the movie. I, all right. I don't know who they are or why they're doing what they're doing, but all right. Well, you kind of get the idea of why they're doing what they're doing. You know, she didn't want, you know, they didn't want those people dead. You know, they kind of like they kept on questions like, is she really going to kill children? Like, is that what she's going to do? So but back to like the climax of the movie, like I didn't I didn't hate Starro. I just wasn't like to me, Starro was really too cartoony. The like the look of Starro is really cartoony because it's supposed to be like this really terrifying villain, but in reality, like it was mm. just too cartoony for me. Like the yeah, color yeah. scheme didn't work. I don't know uh, what. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I don't think I had too much of an issue with Starro. It definitely felt. <sighs> I don't know because of, because of the way it's like very cartoonishly designed. I feel like it does clash a little bit with how everything else in the world looks. Like even though this is not a gritty, real, it's kind of it's not a gritty world or anything like that. But it's like, eh, it looks like the little cartoon just got like put into the <laughs> a live action film. Um, but as far as Starro goes, uh. Yeah, we had a bunch of dudes trying to trying to fight against a giant kaiju monster, causing some destruction. But I don't know. They're like, as far as like the more emotional side of things goes, I I didn't care about Sorrow as much as I probably should have. Like, I know they try to go for a sympathetic angle on Sorrow. It's like, oh, he's been in captivity here at this facility for years, and it was like tortured and experimented on. But I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really. Just don't really care. Right. I feel like they could have done something like maybe have a rat catcher like interact with Star early on and maybe have them kind of 
kind of bond over their their experiences together and maybe would have been a little bit more interesting if things escalated from there but well no, nothing well, really came out of well uh, what would have been interesting for me anyway is if starro was able to get one of the starfish attached to like rat catcher 2 or harley quinn and they got to decide on what to do with that person do you kill it do you do everything you can you know do you do everything you can to stop you know them from having you know those characters who are who's under control killing someone else like that could have been interesting kind of been like really dialing up the tension um of the end sequencing i mean it wasn't bad yeah. but it wasn't like i said it's kind of like the flavor of this movie it kind of left some things to be desired well done a very good it wasn't it wasn't like an appetizer it was a full meal but it was you know the steak was instead of being medium rare it was a, it was a it was a little too done if that makes sense <laughs> i feel that like that's the only way to really describe it in like that's those sensibilities is really well done. Like you, you really enjoyed what the meal that you had, but you would have preferred, you know, a medium rare to a well done. So um, what is – what grade would you give? Now, I know we've been kind of ragging on some aspects of the film, saying, oh, it wasn't great here, wasn't wasn't the best there. But with all that said, though, I'm still pretty positive on the film. Uh, I'm going to give it a B minus. Like, it was entertaining. I don't regret the time I, said, I, I spent with it. I would sit down and watch it again. I'm interested in seeing more of these characters. With that said, though, I don't think it's something that's going to, like, really stick in my mind for a whole lot. Uh, if they came out and said, we're making a Suicide Squad 3, I'd be like, neat. I, I will watch Suicide Squad 3, but I don't know, it's not something that I'm going to, like, necessarily, necessarily think really fondly on. Um, I'd give this movie a B++. Double plus Cow plus. Uh, Kyle's looking at me like, what the fuck does that mean? I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> it's a B, to me, it's a B plus plus. Like it, uh, it, it's, it's leaps and bounds better than the first film that we got, and we all kind of know like David Ayer's cut of the movie isn't out there, kind of like Justice League. Um, everything, everyone's really having a good time, and the action is okay, but the characters are great. Um. You know, there is some emotion here or there. You got, you know, you got to experience new characters. But like I said, it, it, there are some things like I fucking love Zack Snyder's Justice League. I love Man of Steel. I just really liked this movie. So now that I've seen it twice and, you know, my opinion might change seeing it a third time. Um, But that's kind of where I'm at right now. So. Like those, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not trying to crap on the movie because there's really nothing egregious. There's nothing offensive. Like mm -hmm. I didn't walk out of the, walk out of seeing that film being like, ooh, there's a that was a bad taste in my mouth, or you know how I felt like <laughs> after Birds of Prey. I was like, man, that's it, what ain't, it ain't no Rise of Skywalker. That's for sure. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's it just kind of it just kind of 
Like, th- there was nothing wrong with the pacing. There wasn't r- anything wrong, really, with the music, the score. The cinematography was great. The You know, the direction was good. The misdirection was cool. There isn't really anything wrong with this film. But there really isn't anything that just really just elevates it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's why I give it a B plus plus. It's it's right there. Just need a few more punctuations, a few more, you know. It it it, it needed some salt, needed some pepper. <laughs> that, that that's what it feels like. It's like it's a great dish. It's just not seasoned great, you know. Right. <laughs> it's a little more seasoned. Like and like I'm for James Gunn coming back and doing a Suicide Squad three. I'm for him really doing, you know, something else in this universe. Um, I want, I want those things to kind of be connected more and I'm okay with him not connecting a lot of things. Um, but with that being said, like, just, just add a few things here or there. It just, it's, it was like a cake with not enough frosting, you know, it's, it's real good, but it's just like, man, if they would just added this element here, or that element there, it really would have popped. So I love. I like the costumes too. I thought King Shark looked great. It just like I said. It's yeah. just kind of, so I'm trying to think of anything else that we missed. Yeah, I, I don't know who did the costume designs, but they they were all great. I love Polka Dot Man's look. I love uh, Peace Peacemaker, uh, Bloodsport. Like they all looked great. Mm-hmm. Like like definitely a big improvement. Like they could have easily just been in like drab brown clothing that just blended into the background. That's that's definitely not the case here. Hmm. So, uh, would you, do you want him to come back for Suicide Squad 3, or would you rather have him do something else in the DC universe? Uh, I want him to work on whatever projects he wants to work on, because I feel like a man like James Gunn excels the most when he's able to just use whatever creative freedom he has at at his disposal. Uh, So if he wants to make more Suicide Squad stuff, I'm down for it. If he decides he wants to work on something else, I'm also down for that. Like, I, I know I kind of pitched the idea of him doing like a Titans movie in the last episode, and I'm, I'd mm-hmm. still be down for him to do something like that or any other team up movie. So, yeah, but like, even though I wasn't super into this film, I still liked the direction that he had with the movie. I still liked the energy and the vibe he had. So, yeah, I'm still down for him to keep working on uh, DC movies. I definitely would love to hear what you guys have to say. We're not trying to offend anyone. If you love the film, if you like the film, if you dislike the film, that's totally, you know, totally your thing. And we have no problems with that. Um, definitely let us know. Give us a comment. Give us a like. Make sure that you're doing all that you can to support this podcast by uh, by following us, by commenting uh, and We'd like to know what you guys think. Make sure that you're doing what you can for us. So make sure that you are following us on our social medias. You can follow me on Twitter at Batman Shanlin. You can follow us uh, on our Twitter page at Shanlin on Bat. Make sure that you are uh, on our Facebook page. We're always posting great stuff, the Shanlin on Batman podcast. And make sure that you're giving uh, Kyle uh, a follow on his Twitter as well. And you can do that at Learning Kyle. So 178 is done. Peace.